All right. Authority in marriage. We carry all this baggage around and presuppositions to the table when we talk about authority in the home. And if you're new tonight, we've got a few visitors. We've, we, we are so messed up in our way of thinking when it comes to marriage and when we think of authority, God's authority. And I, before I was teaching on authority in marriage, I was just talking on authority. Talking about an umbrella and how when we are under the authority of God, how that umbrella protects us. But when we are outside, then we are open to lots of stuff. Demonic, physical, natural, supernatural things. When we get out from under that umbrella. We've been talking about authority in the marriage. And as I've been going through this series, I've been asking that everybody kind of hit the delete button on what they have been what they're walking in here with, what they think about the word sacrifice or what they think about the word submit, because immediately we hear the word submit and we just want to, especially the ladies just want to, you know, go the other direction. And the, and the men are messed up in their way of uh, in, in the word submit. I have uh, guys that are that are new tonight. You're lucky because I've been pounding the guys the last two or three weeks. And tonight we touch on the ladies. I'm not done with the men yet. I, I got to beat you up just a little bit more, so I'll feel okay about going down the next road. If you remember, what is the husband's job? What is the number? What is the word that defines what the husband's job is in the marriage? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Giving everything. I don't want to get in a comparison because God, God is not. God does not want us to compare. He wants us to take our own responsibility and worry about our own stuff. I was having lunch with somebody today that was just talking about, you know what, if I'll just take care of me, I think everything else will work out. Let me tell you, revelation. One of my children, here I go down this road again, came and gave me a news report about how the other one's not treating them right. I said, okay, you're right. They shouldn't have done that. But do you treat them like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's a scripture that talks about if you'll just fix what you're doing. It'll probably fix what they're doing. And this one goes, where is it? I mean, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, it's not my kid. When my parents would preach at me, I'd go the other direction. I remember going to Florida and having to listen to a tape all the way there and all the way back of Derek Prince saying, does your tongue need healing? I still need broken of that. I still have that. I had my dad in the car this week and Elizabeth said, put those tapes in that you've been enjoying. I said, nope, he used to do that to me and I'll never do that to him. <laughs> I know how much that drove me crazy to be in a captive audience and have no way of getting out from under it. I have to listen to it. I was such a rebellious kid that the next car I bought did not have a tape deck in it. My mom would say, here, here's a tape. I'm sorry, I don't have a tape deck. Isn't that stupid? That's stupid on my part. Did y'all hear Joe uh, McGee say second service, whoever was here second service, that we had a child here in our church. We just had Joe McGee here, a special speaker. Can y'all tell I'm kind of trying to not have to preach on it again tonight? Joe McGee, the last time he was here, a family and their child went home and the child said, Daddy, is that Joe McGee? Does he know Jesus? Is he saved? I, this, is the, this is the honest truth. I got a phone call that afternoon. And the dad said, well, 
Yeah, I believe he's saved. He loves Jesus. Why? Because he said, shut up and stupid the whole time. And he said, I just thought we needed to pray for him. And I told Joe that and his wife heard it. And he said his wife will not let him live that down. Now, he made mention of it second service, but he didn't say it real clearly. But I'm like, oh, yeah. And the child was in the service that he said it to. So anyway. (laughs) Sacrifice. And do you remember, ladies, your one word? What is your one word? Good. Submission. Good. Over the last few weeks, we've been dealing with the men. And last week, we ended with this scripture right here. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. That is the ladies, the wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers don't miss this. That your prayers will not be hindered. Now, do you remember, when it comes to the weaker vessel, we as men want to take that out of context. I gave the example of gold and metal. Which is weaker? Gold. But gold is a precious item. What's weaker? Silk or denim? Silk. Soft. Gentle. We're the denim. We're the the guys with the holes in the jeans and rough and can't wait to get them dirty in the grass and You know, parents don't let their kids get out and roll around in the grass anymore. I think we're missing it a little bit. I think they need to go get dirty. I don't think eating dirt's going to kill them. That'll go against my wife, totally. Little dirt never hurt anybody. But now my little girl, uh uh-uh, she doesn't need to get dirty. She's precious. And that's how we are to treat our wives, as precious. Up on a pedestal. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you, can you see the difference? We're the steel. We're steel-headed. We've got to be tough to get through what we've got to get through. Amen? What's more expensive? What's more precious? What's weaker? Treat your wife that way. Put her on a pedestal. She's looking for somebody to lead her. Somebody to protect her. Somebody to love her passionately with purpose and power. Maybe the ladies would say, well, Paul... Are you saying like I would lose my personality? No, you're going to find who you really are. And guys, when you fall into this, into this sacrifice, into this steel, into this denim, you're going to find who you are. And when you walk together under the authority of God, and when the husband is the leader, what happens? You get closer. Something works. All of a sudden, the marriage works and you become one. God made us for a different for different reasons. What's the reason? For oneness. I didn't marry somebody exactly like me. You know, if I married someone exactly like me, what do we need each other for? I don't need to hire somebody on my staff exactly like me. Why? Because I already have me. And everything that goes with it. But Elizabeth brings strength to my weakness. She is my weakness. Ladies got that. Men. But why do we need oneness? Think of the Trinity. The God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What do you have? Oneness. When a man and a woman are intimate, what do you have? Oneness. 
Before God, they are one. They walk together in concert. Spiritually, they're on the same page. Emotionally, they're on the same page. Physically, they're on the same page. In every realm of life, one. That's the beauty of marriage. So husbands, our job description, sacrifice. You know what? That'll end most fights. And let me tell you, if the man will end the fight, it'll end. When two are in a fight and one stops fighting, the fight ends. It will end. Have you ever had somebody, have you ever been trying to aggravate somebody and you just can't aggravate them? What do you do? You quit. Give up. All right, here we go. Lord, help me. So we switch gears, switch gears to the women. We're going to go into, into submission very, very briefly. I like to let, I like to let my uh, wife handle this one, but here's what I feel like a pastor. And I said this last week, it's like I'm rowing up in a rowboat. Here's all the ladies in their big battle stations with all these guns pointing right at me. Guys, are you with me? Behind those machine guns, ready to take me out. I walk in with my little Bible with my name written on it on the front. Then I come out and say Ephesians 5.22, which says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. You know, this word submit, you know what it it means? It just means to come under. What would you say? Oh, come under. Uh, I thought, uh uh-oh, I'm already in trouble. But it was Judy. Everything's okay. Wives, submit to to your husbands as to the Lord. Do you remember, husbands, what Ephesians 5.25 said? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We got to work on our as. It's okay. As to the Lord, as to the Lord. Do you see? It's not between each other. It's as to the Lord. The way that I can sacrifice to my wife is not based on her. It's not based on how she reacts. It's not based on how she looks. It's not based on what she's going through at this moment. As Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands as you're doing it to God. Because you're going to get mad. You're going to feel like he's not worth it. But if you'll remove him and put in as to the Lord. Okay. New perspective. We need perspective. Ephesians 5.23 says. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. That's his responsibility. His body of which he is the Savior, of His body, of which He is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Say everything. Everything. Now, whenever I talk about this word, you know, the battle stations, here we go, but I want to just talk about, and I'll finish here, about submission misconceptions. Where we get messed up with this word submission. Let me tell you one thing it's not. It's not mindless. 
Ladies, submission is not mindless obedience. It's not, well, my husband just says to jump and I just say how high. No, that's not it. It's not, now catch this, ladies, it's not manipulative. Oh, I, what happened? Went too fast. Back. Justin, can you help me? Mindless. Now, don't go any further. Oh, I've messed up. Oh, oh, well, there we go. All right. It's not, well, I'll just wine and dine my husband and then I'll get whatever it is that I want. Because I know women are smarter than men. Guys, we're, we're, we're a couple bricks short of a load every now and then. And sometimes things can get done without us realizing how it's gotten done. They can make us think we're leading. But in reality, we're not leading. I'll keep going. It's not about manipulating your husband. And then finally, it's not masquerading, meaning, oh, shoot. I got him out of order. Who, who can I blame that on? <laughs> oh, that was bad. That's a, that's a husband sitting back there without his wife sitting next to him. <laughs> I tell you, I have loved this. This has been so funny. Last week, somebody shouted something out, and I thought but five minutes before, their wife was sitting right next to him, and I thought, I'm not looking up. Because I could recognize that voice, and I'm not looking up. And then he goes, she's not in here. I'm like, okay. It's not masquerading. It's not where I'm going to look like the Stepford wife. I will submit, but on the inside, I'm screaming. He's a self-centered jerk. Women who are aiming for equality with men are aiming too low. God has got us positioned for where we can be most powerful in marriage. That the husband will take his place. The wife will take her place. Let me tell you, this nation will change. The church will change. Our children will change. Let me go back to the men. Men, we've got to start it off right. First, if the husband is being the spiritual leader... And loving the wife sacrificially, selflessly, steadfastly. Ladies, you have no problem coming under that authority. And your personality will go to the next level. And ladies, you'll start to figure out why you're wired like you are. I'll say it once again that I am inferior to Elizabeth in many areas. Many. And in those areas, I submit to her. And areas where I may be superior, she submits to me. And we have this mutual submission going on. And, you know, I, I think she and I would both tell you. The one or two areas where I've actually put my foot down, I don't think we were in disagreement. I think we were in agreement. We, I'm going to tell this story and I'll probably mess it all up. But I'm going to tell it. I can? Okay. Pete has a May birthday, and here in our area, parents hold their kids back for all kinds of reasons. One of the big ones is sports. But sports didn't have was not a concern of ours because he's a pretty big kid. He's, he's at least average, maybe a little bit bigger than average. But Elizabeth wanted to hold him back, and I felt like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think we need to send him on. I think he's ready. And so we both agreed to pray and fast about it. 
How did it happen? No, I went to. No, I should tell. <laughs> Come on. Now, what makes the way she tells it right and the way I tell it wrong? That's the, something I always struggle with is we're always wrong and they always tell it. And that's right. And us as men are just like, okay, that must be right. Huh? <laughs> Women have a better memory. We remember details. <clears throat> this really, truly is about We remember submission. what we want to remember. <laughs> this is truly about submission because, and I think that's why it's good coming from me, because <laughs> <laughs> I think that you wouldn't understand that. But Paul wanted to send Pete to school, and I didn't want to. Because he had a May birthday, and a lot of the kids that I was around were being held back. And so Pete was going to have to be like the one boy who went on to kindergarten where everybody else that was like his little buddies were back in their last year preschool. And so, anyways, (laughs) Paul really said, you know, I, I really never put my foot down on much, but I really think he needs to go on. And honestly, this was my answer. I said, well, I think I need to pray and fast for three days. (laughs) And that was horrible because it was like I didn't really want to do what he was saying we needed to do. And so he said, I'll fast with you. That's fine with me. He was very gentle. I want you to know. He was very, very good about the whole thing. And so sure enough, we prayed and fasted for three days. And at the end of the three days, I wanted to hold him back so bad. I think I wanted two years between him and Rita Marie because they're only 17 months apart. And I think I was thinking in the long term that it would be easier, like college-wise and everything. So, so at the end of the three days, he goes, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, I really can't believe it, but I kind of think we're supposed to send him. But I so didn't want to send him. And he said, he said, I really believe we're supposed to send him. And so sure enough, I said... I think we should fast for three more days. That was my answer. And this is just honestly where I was with it. I didn't want to do what the Lord was leading me to do because I wanted it my way. And so it was really a place of me dying to myself um, to get Pete on into school. So I really thought I was going to fast for three more days on it. And then the Lord really began to deal with me. And I knew that it was like I was trying to manipulate and trying to get my way. And I knew better than to do that. And so we didn't, we didn't go on with a fast, but I want you to know, Pete did not even know what we were praying about. We never gave him the option. We never made it like, Pete, what would you like to do? We just didn't tell him and we were just praying about it. And sure enough, he and I, I guess we were walking to the pool through the back little walk at Nan and Foff's house and we're walking back that's that way. That's my mom and dad. Yeah. Those of you that don't know Nan and Fof. Pete, Pete looked at me, and out of the clear blue, he said, Mama, I just really believe I'm supposed to go to kindergarten. I feel like the Lord's telling me to go to kindergarten. And I was like, you know what? He is. <laughs> and he is to me, too. And I better do it. And, you know, it's been the best thing for Pete. Um, it, his, his social and his maturity level. It's okay. We're right back to just making to that be. decision. We're not talking yeah. about Pete and his... <laughs> Education submission yeah. for me. <laughs> and he was good. She's the one to justify. And no, he was good. He was good to not. It was the right thing. You waited on me, though, and that was nice. That was nice. You let me pray and fast. <laughs> Again, look at Jesus in the church. 
Jesus lets us do what, what we want. He lets us make our, he makes us choose wrongly. He's not controlling. Now I can tell you, I've been controlling. I've done stupid stuff. Um, but can you see Jesus, Jesus gave everything, everything. And he highly values us. He highly values each and every one of you. Highly values. I know he values you higher than you value yourself. He, it, the story goes that he sold everything to buy that treasure in that field. Sold everything or gave up everything to buy it. That's you. That's how much men, that's how much we are to love our wife. To cherish her. To not lord and control over her. And to manipulate and to strong arm. And to have to have our way. Jesus is not a have to have his way. He's going to ultimately get his way. But he gives us the ability to make our own choice. He will let us mess up. Are you all with me? But we're so messed up in this word. In this word. Uh, submit. Uh, let me just close right here. And, you know, so many times in my umbrella, I get holes in it. And I just finally realize, man, I'm just getting beat all to death. In Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man, after Eve had ate the fruit, and after God had said to Adam, where are you? Check out what he said. This is the result of the sin in marriage. To the woman, God, to the woman, God said in Genesis 3, 16, he said, your desire will be for your husband. But it's easy to say, you know what, that's natural, a, a, a wife to desire her husband, a wife to desire a man, you know. That's the way we were created. Yeah, I, I get that. But that's not what this word desire means. In the Hebrew, it's uh, teshukwa. What does that mean, teshukwa? It means to usurp his authority. You will desire. You will desire for your husband. Or there will be something placed in you that's going to make this authority thing be a struggle. That was part of the curse. Everything was good. Everything was going to work perfectly before sin came. Didn't even know there was anything other than the way it was laid out for God. Then sin came and all of a sudden here comes the curse. And that word desire just meant you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle with his authority. This word desire also means that the husbands will try to take authority and abuse it in the home. Can you see what we've got going on in marriage today? We've got both struggling for what's not theirs. The man won't do his part. The woman won't do her part. So nothing works. Let me just throw this out and I'm going to close here. If you have an, a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. As unto the Lord. As Christ loved the church. Men, you need to be going out of here. You need to have it stamped on your forehead. Sacrifice. You know, I, I'll just tell you something stupid. We had some plumbing issues again. If y'all have been around here, we've had all kinds of plumbing issues. Well, she's right. I hate to say it, but she's right. I should handle the, uh, the plumbing issues in the house, but I didn't want to. She's got a phone. She can make the phone calls. But she couldn't close the valve. She wasn't strong enough to do it. I'm the steel-headed 
doofus that won't do his part. And I won't go out there and screw it down. She's got me in the coldest night of the year so far going out and pouring hot water on the pipe so we can unhook our hoses. Not in 10 degree weather. That was supposed to be done long before. You know, this was just yes, yesterday, two days ago. And how, how quickly we want to watch our football game or we want to do whatever is important to us and we don't want to do our part. And it's not like she was just yelling at me to go do it. She was going out there with me, shutting the water off and helping me and showing me what was always going on. She wasn't just... Rah, 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 rah. And I didn't want to do it. And, you know, we need that word sacrifice. We need to be viewing our relationship through Jesus's eyes. Not through ours, because through ours, we're going to mess it up. Amen. All right, we'll pick it up right here next week. We all stand with me and let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for marriage. I thank you for my wife, Lord. I thank you for all the marriages that are represented here, Lord. I thank you for the future marriages that are represented here, Father. And I just plead the blood of Jesus. I just thank you that you are the author. You're the creator of marriage. Lord, I thank you that marriage is a covenant. And Lord, I thank you that us men are going to start living up to our covenant. And I just ask you, Lord, that, that the ladies and the men will, will come together, Lord, as Scripture tells us to. And, Lord, it's going to be beautiful. But, Lord, let us see this word sacrifice and let it be burned deeply into our hearts, Lord. Lord, if we can just have a glimpse of what you've done for us, what you've done for us individually, Lord, maybe we'll do a little bit of what you've called us to do. Help us, Father. Just bless your holy name, for you are worthy. Ask you to heal those that are sick here, Lord, on this list. Lord, those that aren't on the list that I've added, I just pray for a miracle. Just pray for healing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just, we just shout your name, Lord. You're so worthy. We just love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of the week.